with uh, with what we have uh, with the, the um, banking as a service program and the Sweet Cloud platform, it actually allows the bank to extend those APIs that are at the edge of the bank, you know, with their uh, open banking initiatives, and take it to where the customers are and and create brand experiences right inside of NetSuite. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. We're doing a deeper dive throughout this month on banking as a service. Like our previous exploration into data aggregation, banking as a service underpins much of what's exciting going on right now in financial services. Open banking is happening. It's just not coming from the big name brand banks. Banking as a service firms are opening up the banking technology stack so that any finance, retail, or travel app can offer financial services without the headache of becoming a bank. Oracle's ERP NetSuite is also a major player here. As a leading cloud system of record for mid-market and growth businesses, NetSuite has its own banking as a service offering, which enables banks to deliver financial services where their customers reside, in the ERP. Major financial institutions like JP Morgan, Visa, and the Marco Polo Network are connected to NetSuite's BAS offering. Scott Dirksen is the Senior Director of Business Development and Suite Cloud Evangelist at Oracle's NetSuite. We talk about how finance is everywhere, and why banks and their customers are choosing to collaborate on top of NetSuite. NetSuite launched its BAS solution just a few months ago, and Scott shares some of the early work and use cases of the platform. Scott Dirksen is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Well, good morning, Zach. Um, I'm Scott Dirksen. I'm the Senior Director of uh, Business Development at uh, NetSuite, and uh, my role in the company is a fun one. I, I get the pleasure of being sort of like a resident entrepreneur. My, my team and I work on uh, program development um, where NetSuite is not specifically getting into the business, but rather has purposeful APIs that help us to extend the value of NetSuite for our customers. So I get to solve customer problems in innovative ways, uh, you know, reaching out into partner ecosystems that are, might be natural or might even feel a little bit unexpected. That sounds awesome. And I guess, um, first of all, before we jump into NetSuite, what's your personal background? Like, how, how did you get to this role? Uh, so I've spent the majority of my career uh, in, you know, SaaS services before they were SaaS. Uh, in my last company, actually, uh, I worked in the equipment industry and was quite fascinated with the idea of what happens if you put an ecosystem of like-minded people, you know, into a similar, uh, into a similar data structure or on a shared system. And so that, you know, that, that network effect and specifically, you know, data as a service, you know, became a big part of my background. And so I spent 17 years as the chief technology officer in my last company. Uh, we, I became a NetSuite partner, actually, uh, back in 2006. And my team and I wrote the very first suite app on the NetSuite platform. So 17 years of innovation in sort of supply chain and channels, you know, data as a service, you know, that brings itself into um, a career at NetSuite, you know, running partner programs and uh, and innovation programs. That's a great story, the the the, uh, the, the Genesis story. Can can you um, talk about? I think it's worthwhile for our audience um, first introduce uh, NetSuite in general um, before we jump into sort of the work you're doing in banking as a service. Can you give us sort of a you know twenty thousand foot view of of NetSuite, the company? Sure. Well, so so uh, uh, NetSuite is today, um, you know the the largest uh, cloud ERP, you know, certainly in the mid-market. Um, you know, it, uh, it it has always been a cloud company. You know, starting right from its genesis. Uh, you know, and and the focus at the very beginning was to bring 
you know, the general ledger into the cloud and, and the vision continued to become everything that you need to run a business in the cloud. Um, you know, one of the big differentiators I would say is the Sweet Cloud platform, which enables some of the programs uh, that, that I'm involved in. But, but uh, you know, it's been a big growth story in an uh, Oracle acquired NetSuite in 2016. The purchase price was 9.3 billion, and uh, the reinvestment that's happening right now is super exciting. I'd say we're at the pointy end of the spear for um, you know Oracle's cloud growth strategy overall. And I guess I mean it, it, I guess I could read between the lines, but but what, how how did how did NetSuite start thinking about getting into banking as a service? Uh, well, I think it's a convergence of a bunch of things that you know everybody loves to have a moment in time where you have. Uh, you know, an unfair uh, strategic advantage because of, of great things that you did before, you know, and, and, and sort of market happenings. You know, there's this movement in the industry relative to, you know, that is the genesis of our banking as a service program, you know, where the banks are spending a lot of time focusing either because of regulatory requirements or, you know, trying to, um, you know, deepen relationships with customers on these open banking initiatives. And the open banking initiatives are are fantastic. The challenge is that uh, you know, in the upper market, that all works out perfect. You get to have you know Accenture come in and do a project, and uh, they'll you know create uh, nice interactions between your system of record uh, and uh, and the bank systems, um, and and start to blur the line. You know, the the challenge is when you get into the you know into the growth markets or the mid market where those, you know, big IT budgets are not really there or don't exist, uh, you know, the bank sort of, you know, runs into a wall where there's no customer to, that's prepared to pay the price for that initiative. With, uh, with what we have uh, with the, the um, banking as a service program and the Sweet Cloud platform, it actually allows the bank to extend those APIs that are at the edge of the bank, you know, with their uh, open banking initiatives and take it to where the customers are. And, and create brand experiences right inside of NetSuite. And so it's, it's a super compelling uh, thing for the banks because they've got millions invested in getting the API to the edge of the bank. And it's a small incremental investment to get to a super large audience that's growing like crazy. It makes sense. And we, we, this is a theme that we, we've actually tracked on, on the podcast here is sort of the ERP becoming um, sort of the locus of um, financial day-to-day life for a lot of enterprises just because it is the system of, of record. Uh, can, can you talk about some of the work you've done with banks? I guess I'm not looking for like an in-depth case study per se, but talk about maybe some of the way your clients are, are working with you to, um, to bring those financial processes in. Um, sure. You know, I mean, I, I, and maybe the right thing to do is to talk a little bit about, you know, we've done some focus groups with customers and spent some times with banks and customers, you know, together. And and you know, I should also clarify that, you know, the the program banking as a service also is certainly not fintech. Exclu- you know, it doesn't ex- exclude fintechs. In fact, they're they're important um, uh, players in the ecosystem as well. So you know, the message is not, hey, you know, uh, Oracle or NetSuite is, uh, uh, you know, picking sides and working to make the banks relevant, more relevant. It's actually you know, we're enabling the entire ecosystem to create a tremendous amount of value for the end user customer who wants to uh, consume financial services within their system of record, right? 
um, the, the work that we've done with banks, you know, I, I remember one of the Genesis meetings, you know, I'm sitting in a room with a hundred bank executives and, uh, you know, and, and somebody bravely stands up and says, you know, um, in the NetSuite ecosystem, there already are quite a few fintechs. And when one of our customers joins NetSuite, you know, the, the digital payments go here, the merchant services go there, you know, and so on and so on through the list of, you know, financial services until, the, you, know, we, you know, we're left sort of holding a savings account. And we really want to have a more meaningful relationship with our customers than that. You know, and then we brought in um, some customers and said, hey, you know, dear customers, if your bank could change the relationship that they have with you, leveraging technology, what would you like it to be? And the answer was across the board, you know, uh, we, we love the relationship with our bank. They're a key player for us uh, in terms of uh, the way that we run our business. Um, but if we never had to log into multiple systems again, we would be really happy. And so, you know, out of that combined with sort of the background uh, that we have in, in developing these value-added applications uh, for, for NetSuite with our partners, you know, came this idea that, hey, you know, why is it that there's a line between the bank systems and, you know, the traditional ERP world? Like, why are those systems not behaving in such a way that they feel like the same system? That's interesting. And, and do you feel, um, I mean, I know some of the talk in, in, on the financial side of the industry um, was a fear that eventually banks would turn into sort of like dumb utilities. Um, you know, if, if, if a customer interacts with NetSuite all day um, and the bank sort of is in the background, I, I think some banks may be intimidated, you know, that they turn into sort of just a, a backend provider. Did, did you hear that concern from, from those guys at all? Uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen, in, certainly we've heard those kind of comments, you know, from our, our, our bank partners. You know, I think, um, you know, there is a difference, however, I'd say in, you know, retail banking versus B2B banking. But the same market forces are at work. You know, there's a great study from Accenture um, that came out, I think, around 2015 that, you know, looked at a sampling of the market and said, hey, the GAFA group, you know, Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, you know, I think they had PayPal and some others in the study. If these companies offered you banking services, would you bank with them? And it's like almost half of the 18 to 35s will be happy to bank with anybody that, that <laughs> you know, get retail banking services from any of those sort of companies. And, you know, the, the challenge, that, that's a scary prospect, mm -hmm. you know, because the, the banks have spent a tremendous amount on, you know, uh, building security, they're highly regulated, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, those things are all assets on one hand. Uh, but, you know, in that, in that sort of open market economy, you look at some of the things that, like, that Amazon has done in the business lending, they came from nowhere to being a major player with the, you know, their marketplace customers. And, and you know, these are sort of natural progressions, I think, of these big successful, um, you know, network effect kind of marketplace players. Uh, to get into extended services and and uh, and so yeah there's there's absolutely fears um, you know and the places where I get to bump into these you know these companies and organizations include you know I'm one of the founding members of Oracle's financial services industry council and so you know once a quarter we're spending quite a bit of time with with banks and fintechs in different parts of the world and I would say you know around around the world that these sort of concerns uh, exist on on both sides of the aisle.
you know, what happens when these major players are, are out in the market. Um, you know, from our point of view, I think, you know, we're super interested in, in seeing, you know, what the main implications are for the customer. And when you look at that study, uh, again, the, the Accenture study, the second question that they asked the constituents was, you know, where's the safest place to keep your information? And across the board, um, every, you know, the, the, the majority share of respondees um, said that the bank is the safest place to keep personal information. So, you know, I think, you know, when you look at the, the financial services industry on the whole, I think that there's going to be a, a, a really interesting battle around identity management and the banks have probably got a lead there in terms of their relevance. And then the rest of the services are really going to be about how do I create a customer experience, you know, that is outstanding, that is transparent and easy for me to deal with uh, in the context of my business. And that's really what our program is about. So can we talk about the, the banks that are, are sort of embracing that model um, on the, on the NetSuite platform? Uh, sure. You know, I mean, you know, the, the, you know, people uh, are in the midst of their development and, you know, there's things that we can't talk about, but I can give you some overall metrics of, you know, what we're seeing happen, you know, uh, any in a short amount of time, like we started the program about six months ago, uh, you know, JP Morgan Chase came out with us uh, as uh uh, you know, one of the first participants in the program, and they've got a, a you know payment ecosystem application that's that's out there um, uh, today, and and passed our built for NetSuite uh, quality program, which is something that we can touch on a little bit more later. Um, we have uh, the Marco Polo uh, consortium of banks, which this is a really interesting one actually, because you know it's playing on two types of network effects. Uh, you know, one. You know the Oracle ecosystem, or the NetSuite NetSuite Oracle ecosystem, <clears throat> of of users and their potential to consume uh, uh, working capital, uh, and and then secondly, the application itself is is actually got a blockchain uh, consideration. So what what happens in that application actually is, uh, as a customer, maybe I overspent on inventory and I'm going to be short on payroll. You know, worst case scenario, the, the that system will actually that application right inside a NetSuite will allow the user to, it'll make recommendations and allow the user to select um, some, some invoices that are outstanding, uh, you know, some accounts receivable that are outstanding and uh, offer to securitize them on the blockchain and the bank will instantly fund that wow. and provide the, provide, you know, so imagine a world where your system of record includes working capital. Have you ever heard of that before? I mean, you know, the, the, and that's, that's the world that we are heading into is, you know, something that's, as easy as installing, you know, uh, a banking application on your phone, you're, you're going to be able to install an application inside of your ERP that gets you access to these kind of services and uh, supports the relationship that's required. And, and why not, right? If you need to uh, support an asset-based uh, line of credit, uh, you go to your ERP to make calculations to figure out what your assets are. And so... <laughs> it seems just natural, right? That if you connect those two systems that suddenly people's lives get easier um, and, and, uh, and they have way more access, they'll be able to think about their business in a different way rather than, you know, how am I going to pay the bills? It's going to be, how do I leverage and maximize my cash flows uh, so that I can do more interesting things. Yeah. That automated sort of proactive approach of the ERP and the capital behind it, being able to power your, your business, it just, it's a very different mindset from where we are today. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's exciting, you know, and I, I think the, you know, and, and a third partner that I, that I can talk about um, as well, you know, we just 
at our at our big user conference, uh, Sweet World in Las Vegas, we announced uh, together with Visa. Um, and you know, people will think about Visa in terms of, uh, hey, this is a big payment network, and uh, and it's all about the credit cards. But they also have a division called Visa Direct, which is where where this application and it fits really well in in B two B. And the concept here is. Um, you know, from any, you know, from a treasury bank account, I can actually push a payment across the Visa network. Think about it like running the plumbing in reverse. And I can make a payment to a Visa card or to a debit card, you know, at a bank or, you know, e even to competing uh, card brands. So, you know, in, in a world where a third of the, uh, of the workforce is working on some sort of, you know, gig kind of, uh, you know, contract uh, employment model, managing that uh, ability to get paid swiftly, to be able to track that accurately, et cetera, et cetera, is, uh, is something that you're seeing a lot. You know, so you can think about, you know, some of the B2C kind of, uh, or, you know, kind of banking services. Uh, are, those models are beginning to see a foray into, um, into the B2B world. And so, so we're pretty excited about the partnership that we have with, uh, with Visa. And clearly, you know, if you're if you're looking at, at great brands, you know, you've got JP Morgan Chase, that Marco Polo Bank Consortium, there's, you know, a whole bunch of European banks that are all part of that and they're working on on you know working capital and uh and overall um you know sort of supply chain finance and other difficult problems, you know, using blockchain and these these tools being a part of the system of record, almost indistinguishable from it, right? It behaves like NetSuite, it looks like NetSuite, it smells like NetSuite. It just it just sends you cash, you know. It, it's uh, it's an exciting world. And then beyond that, you know, the overall engagement we're seeing, you know, we're we're really drowning in opportunities. It's super exciting, you know. There's over 25 treasury banks that are all uh, working on various kinds of projects with us here right now, and and uh, and probably over 45, you know, fintechs and uh, and other organizations that are are part of that ecosystem to uh, deliver these kind of services to customers. So, you know, the, the, the customers' lives are going to be incredible, you know, in, in the upcoming months and years, uh, having these kind of services as part of, uh, part of their system. So, I mean, I asked you the question from the other direction, um, you know, what, how a bank relates to its customers through an ERP, but it, I'm, I'm curious also how you would describe the future banking relationship from the customer perspective if I'm kind of interacting with my bank through an ERP, um, what, what, what does it look like there? Like what, I guess, what, 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 not only what, what tools and what, um, what functionality provide me, but how, like, is my primary relationship with an ERP or, or is my bank really sort of still my partner in all this? I, do you understand what I'm, I'm getting at? Yeah, I think so. And we, you know, we actually, you know, address this question a little bit with, you know, with the banks themselves. It's like, hey, you know, um, you know, is the ERP my, you know, my sales channel? Is it like, you know, is this the similar effect to, you know, robotics and manufacturing? You know, what, what actually occurs there? And what actually, you know, most of most of our customers have got a you know a dedicated banker who works on the account with the you know with the the uh, um, with the customer and that relationship doesn't change, it just becomes a lot easier to operate you know so so you know as a customer you know I've got a number of of processes that 
you know, touch the financial institution. I have, you know, order to cash processes, you know, where I, I'm working with, you know, my customer uh, as a, as a, uh, as a NetSuite customer. And I'm, you know, taking orders and receiving their cash and managing, you know, all of those transactions. Well, when those transactions, you know, are flowing automatically, you know, to and from, you know, my bank and my, uh, and my invoicing system and all of that sort of reconciliation becomes super simple. You know, uh, it, it streamlines and makes the uh, relationship with my banker uh, easier. It, it can be super transparent. You know, the bank trusts the system and, uh, and, and we can operate, you know, around serving my needs, like, you know, provide better visibility to the bank to even design their services. It's really great. Um, you know, and then beyond that, the kinds of services that, you know, that we're seeing already in the, and again, this is the really interesting thing here is that, that, you know, if you, you take uh, Jeffrey Moore's model around, you know, system of innovation and system mm -hmm. of record, you know, NetSuite, um, using the Suite Cloud platform has the ability to pull those two things together, right? So, so system of innovation, uh, you know, we provide a system of innovation to the bank to be able to create this installable application environment that the customer can consume those services and, uh, and have a, you know, have a, a, a better experience. Um, you know, they can also use that system to do, you know, innovations in their own business processes as well. So, so uh, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Has there been anything surprising, I guess, that surprised you with some of the things that are, are happening on the platform? to date? Um, well, I think, you know, one of the things that is interesting, uh, you know, maybe the big surprise, you know, these, some of these organizations, the big global organizations, um, you know, in the financial services world, you know, different business units come forward and, and have, you know, want to drive the roadmap for these applications, you know, you, and maybe the differences that I'm seeing uh, between them in the overall approach, right? Mm -hmm. You have a, you take a really big international bank that has a has a footprint, you know, that's global. You know, their foreign exchange team is all over this because you know the business need for their clients is, I want to be able to guarantee what my rate is, you know, uh, at the shopping cart as well as the point of purchase on supply, and uh, and make transfer of international funds way easier. Um, you know, on the other hand, you have. Uh, uh, you know, the, the Marco Polo group that's, you know, focused on specific, uh, how do I get working capital into the hands of, of, uh, of my customers and, and, you know, build further brand loyalty around that, you know, where others are, you know, Hey, payments reconciliation and being able to provide analytics, you know, the, the, you know, the bank does, you know, expects the customer to do quite a lot of analytics. And, and we actually have a, uh, a bank right now that's doing some experimentation using NetSuite's analytics tools uh, to uh, to provide insight into what those working capital needs are going to be in the future, right? So based on the historical performance of customers for making their payments and what my anticipated uh, uh, cash flows out are going to be based on the requirements that are happening in the ERP, I can start to look for, hey, I know that next September I'm going to have a bump where I go below the line. And I can start to plan for those things to smooth my cash flow. Um, so, you know, the big surprises are, I think, are that that uh, you know, a the financial institutions all look at the world in a slightly different way. It's certainly not you know cookie cutter, you know, unified point of view. I mean, everybody needs um, 
you know, embedded payments and reconciliation. And, you know, even the monetary value of that, you know, uh, in a, in a place where like at NetSuite, we've got, you know, um, hundreds of millions of pay, you know, individual payments that are happening in the system across our ecosystem. Um, you think about, you know, multiply that number times, you know, 10 or $15 for a live check cost. And there's a tremendous amount of savings to be created for end users. Um, so, so, you know, people are really excited about that. We can reduce costs, create a better user experience and, and, uh, and involve the banks and the uh, financial institutions and these fintechs, uh, you know, directly in the supply of those, those services. In the remaining time, we have time for one last question, Scott. Uh, I know it's early days, you, just, you know, it's six months into the, into the initiative, but what are your goals uh, for you and your team, I guess, into the, into the back end of 2019, like, I guess from product or, you know, channel point of view, like what, what do you, what are you, what are your big goals? Um, well, you know, we're, we're working through, uh, um, you know, technical feasibility and, and, you know, final contracts with, uh, with a number of, of great, uh, you know, on looking partners and, uh, uh, you know, we we just want to see this ecosystem grow, and and our our primary goal, frankly, is uh, is to make Netsuite the logical choice for customers in the in the in the low and mid market. Uh, like, why would you you know consider one of the one of the uh, competitors when you get all of these great services uh, embedded as part of your uh, as part of your ERP? It's really unprecedented. Scott, thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. No problem at all. Thank you very much for having us, Zach.